We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spawnauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. We're going to, of course, recap just how our March Madness brackets are looking and, of course, how the NFL free agency has been panning out thus far. But before we get into that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? I'm probably not doing as good as you guys. Where are you guys at? I, we are I don't recognize Nashville. these backgrounds. We are in Nashville. At Airbnb. Oh, nice. And I'm recording this on top of an iron, ironing board, <laughs> because there's nowhere else in my room. So yeah. I'm for now, in a that's chair uh, where we are bedroom. and what we're doing. And I just got, we just drove in and like immediately set this up. Yeah. So I kind of feel like crap right now, but yeah. Five hour drive, but some slight. Yeah, you know, Nashville is going to be a blast. I think. For, I, I, have you guys ever been there before? I have not. No, I haven't. It mm. sounds super cool, like just bar hopping. You know, yeah. The only thing the, the is, my scene. girlfriend. My girlfriend is under twenty one, so it's going to be hard to get into some of the bars. But I'm sure we'll. It's going to be hard for her to get into some of the bars. <laughs> you I'm guys have no problem. I am not. I am not <laughs> leaving Sophia L. I am not, I not leaving her out. I'm not leaving her out. But yes. Yeah, well, so <laughs> if you guys hear chatter no, in the background, it's, be- <laughs> it, it's it's because we're in this Airbnb with six people, and it's there's going to be commotion. So if you hear stuff, like I can oh, close the door. It doesn't they're matter. They're about to go to the store. So they're, yeah, they're supposed to go to the store soon. soon. Right, but regardless, it. It, in the event because we'll do like live we'll do like a live stream and stuff so that that might uh be a problem then as well but Theo, how are you doing you know you're you're chilling just back at home no I'm more chilling. vacation Theo. no more vacation no more traveling just working looking at some some draft stuff watched some steve avila avila today the guard out of tcu someone who i'm okay. still deciding how i feel about him but uh are you on guards right now is that like your uh yeah well i was past guards for i got all like the first round like the first round locks done so i was on a corner and then i watched some of the main character corners and then um i got a pamphlet sent to me about guard play and so, or mm. offensive lineman play. So after reading that, I wanted to watch some more offensive linemen. So that's why I was watching Avila. And he, he is interesting. He is like, I don't think that, I see him like sneaking into the end of first round and drafts like early second. I'm not totally sure if I buy him up quite that high. 
Uh, but he, he's got some interesting traits for like how, how his footwork is and how big he is. Like he's somewhat interesting. And I saw you like Porter made me very happy. Porter's nice. Witherspoon is someone I'm really conflicted on. I'm trying to get more tape from Illinois. Right now he's probably going to be my corner three behind Porter and, um, Gonzalez. Yeah, he's interesting because he plays like Ramsey. He really reminds me of Jalen Ramsey just <laughs> in the way he plays, but he isn't quite Jalen Ramsey. You I, know, I know, but I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> he can be. He plays very arrogantly, like which is fun yeah. to watch because he's blowing people up and he's just you know talking shit. And he's got some really cool plays, but there are some times where I, I think that he's a little bit like late to get his hips around. Like someone will be running right at him and it's like, time to flip your hips, dude. To like, they're going to run right by you. And then they run right yeah. by him. And then he flips his hips just a bit too late. Cause like, he's like, no way this guy's going to run gets by bur- me. He gets burned down field. And then he lot. does it. Well, in the Wisconsin game, that's the only game on caddies cut ups, right? From and that's this, from Devon from Witherspoon. Year? Yeah. Oh, so, oh, yeah. and that's literally his worst game. So if yeah. you're looking at it from the caddy cut ups perspective, like you're going to think he's trash. Cause like, a bad game is all that's available on him. Yeah. I mean, it, so I'm trying to find more tape, but the Wisconsin yeah. game is not good. That's why you also have to like the highlights are nice too. I like to watch highlights before I watch like the actual film because it gives me a positive perspective of a player going into their tape. Um, yeah, you can definitely know. get a sense of what Witherspoon does well from his highlights, which is just like blow people the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to take that out of context. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but before we get into the rest of the stuff, um, I didn't even realize this. It's our 200th episode, just like nonchalantly, Damn. uh, 200 episodes. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Thank you all to everyone that's been listening for 200 episodes. Um, of course, thank you to our producers, old and new. Um, that's Daniel is our current producer, our old executive producer, Alex, kind of one of the OGs. Um, he just Nabil. got a bit. Nabil. <laughs> um, of course, there's Dom. Um, one of another OG is Scott. <laughs> um, shout out yeah, all these. First shout, names. shout out, shout out, shout out, Blue Wire. Shout out, shout out, everyone that's been through 200 episodes and counting. Uh, but let let's just uh, hop through, you know, some more free agency stuff that's been going on. We were touching a little bit on what the Panthers were doing. But they also recently just brought in Miles Sanders to be their running back, who I kind of like. I don't think that's a bad move. I mean, Miles Sanders himself is a fine player, no doubt. Uh, dumb contract, I think. <laughs> I guess, you what know. It? It's like $25 million over four years. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I, that's I, don't, like, I don't have any strong opinions about it. Foreman's just as good and went for one year, $3 million. I see that as better. I'm not going to sit here and kick my feet and scream and complain because I do think <laughs> he's good. And like, I, I'm not going to cry over paying a running back at all. But is it something that gets me like really excited? No. Is it like a, right. is it a good move? Not really, but it's not the end of the world. It was fine by me. I mean, it, it, I just think about it from the perspective of like, you're bringing in a rookie quarterback. It would be nice to have 
just like some excess weapons around him. You're not going to have. It's a running back, though. I we know. But we, like, we, we didn't. We didn't need to go spend six million a year, which is actually one million this year, and then like eight million for the next three years, on a second contract running back who is kind of even been wishy washy his whole career on a very good rushing team. Why? You know. I guess that's it's fair. a name. It'll be great for fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be awesome for fantasy. Not a real, not a, not a super real like big time move. I don't think. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. Theo, where? How do you feel? Yeah, he's been injured a couple times in his career, and yeah. the Eagles' offensive line is just so good that I feel like you could put damn near anybody back there and have it be <laughs> you put fine. Me back there, really. man. <laughs> yeah, really. Like there with the option game with Hertz and just the talent and the players overall on that line. Uh, what you need is home run speed because the path is paved. So, you know, Sanders is a fun player going back to his Penn state days, like behind Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley, like he's, he's, he's fast and, and he's always been efficient. So he's, he's a good player and all, but, um, you know, you could probably find some, a guy like that on, on day three of the draft for, for cheaper. But again, and we're talking on the margins here and I don't want to be like a, anytime you pay a running back, it's a bad guy. It's, it's whatever. It's fine. It doesn't move me one way or the other. I, I do think like it's good to invest in the weapons for whoever the rookie quarterback is. And we'll talk about the Texans who are doing this a bit as well, but, um, although they just traded cooks away, but you'll see what I mean when we talk about the Texans, but yeah, it's, it it does bolster the skill position group and and as talented running back, you know, take some of the pressure off of whoever the the new guy is, so he doesn't have to you know move mountains right away. Not that other guys couldn't have done that, but I get maybe wanting at least one proven guy in that skill position room because right now they've got about zzz, well they have Hurst, but yeah, no, I mean, no maybe the the, maybe maybe are. their game plan is to be the Eagles. Maybe they're like, oh, we have the good offensive line. Let's get Miles Sanders. Let's get Anthony Richardson, and we're just going to be this incredible option offense. You not know, unthinkable. Fra- not unthinkable at all. It's not unthinkable at all to say like that's a. I mean, Frank Reich. Obviously, he wasn't. He worked with uh, Sirianni, right? So, yeah, yeah it, that definitely could be a, a mold that they're trying to build in. But speaking of the Eagles, uh, we talked a little bit about Theo. You said um, they probably are one of the potential winners of this offseason. Um, and, you know, they brought back most, or not, I wouldn't say most, but they brought back a decent number of guys in their defense. They brought back Fletcher Cox, Brad More Barry than Slay. I thought they would. Yeah. I really love the players they lost. I don't know if I'd call him a winner of the off season. Yeah, like TJ Edwards was really good for them last year. Theo, I think you were a fan of Kaiser White, uh, Marcus Epps, yeah, Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave is probably the biggest loss. Yeah, it's def- Hargrave is definitely a, a tough loss, and it's time to see if Jordan Davis is actually the guy that you drafted him to be. Because last year, right. you know, he was he could be a rotational guy and you know, it was whatever. He wasn't really making too much of an impact either way. Like he was, he was a good run defender and all that, but not someone worth the 13th overall pick year one. You got to see if he is, and you can afford to lose one of your defensive tackles when you've got a guy like that waiting in the wings. And then you've still got Fletcher Cox and you've still got, um, Brandon Graham, who they brought back. I didn't think they'd be able to keep slay and Bradbury. And that's why I think they're winners. Like as many people as they lost and they did lose some good players, they also kept like more good players than I thought they were going to lose everybody. Like I thought 
you know, you get to the Super Bowl, there's a talent drain. It, it happens to all the teams. And they were actually able to keep things relative, like the corner group intact. And the front right. seven, I anticipate with their two first round picks, there'll be another front seven player, defensive tackler, defensive end, or linebacker, something like that. Um, the, but they've got the, the ammo to replace the guys that they lost, and they kept enough that they have the ammo to replace all the guys that they lost instead of not having right. enough because they lost. Yeah, I mean, we were mocking them corner. I think last the last mock draft we did yeah. Um, yeah. because we were anticipating you know at least one of Slay and Bradbury to be gone, uh, but they kept both of those guys, so it will be interesting. And they brought in Greedy Williams as kind of a depth piece. So yeah, I mean we'll do another mock draft soon, and I'm going to start thinking about what they're going to do it because they you know they have pick ten, pick thirty, and they have pick sixty two. Those are kind of their first like stretch of picks. I had them at. Um, I had them taking Paris Johnson Jr. in my mock draft. I thought that was an mm. interesting idea that you don't really see them get yeah. take very much in draft in in like mock drafts because they have such a good offensive line. But the right guard position is kind of a question mark right now. You could put Cam Jurgens there or Jurgens. I can't remember exactly how to pronounce yeah, it. He was the center they took to replace Kelsey, so he could just move to right guard, and you're probably fine. But what you could also do, because you know Kelsey's going to be gone. Like, he was almost gone this year. Kelsey's going to be gone next year, and then Jurgen steps in. I wonder if they would do something like that with uh, Paris Johnson Jr. and Lane Johnson, who has suffered a ton of injuries recently. And maybe he's got a few years left in the tank, but he's probably not going to be one of those guys that plays into, like, his 40s with, with all the injuries that he's had. So they've met. They spent a top 30 meeting on Paris Johnson Jr. I, I, I think that's a very Eagles type of pick is to, you know, have a backup plan in place before you really need to. That's something how he did with Hertz. Yeah. It's what he's done with uh, Jurgens. Yeah. So that that is something that I think is on the table for the Eagles at pick 10. It, I mean, the reason the Eagles have had, and like there's a lot of teams, it's like teams that consistently have good offensive lines, it's because they're like proactively looking to continue to build the future of their offensive line. Dallas is the same way. We're like, oh man, Dallas, they're so banged up on their offensive line. But, you know, Tyler Smith stepped up and had a pretty good season. That's because they were like, like they were ready for that. They're like, okay, let's get this guy and get him ready so that when he needs to step in, he's good. And they've got the best offensive line coach in the world, too. That's the other thing. And <laughs> hey, Paris Johnson they have, needs they it. They don't have the Browns offensive line coach. <laughs> yeah, they got someone better. Like, they took, a, they took a rugby player and turned him into a top left That's tackle, true. you know? They did do that. So if Paris Johnson Jr. is someone who I, I believe is raw, you know, he's he's a freak athlete at the moment, but, you know, some sometimes he carries his hands a bit too low, brings him out too wide, gives up his frame all the time. I think he could add more play strength, but he moves really well and he's got the like perfect frame. So if you can take those traits and give them to the best offensive line coach, all of a sudden you've just got like probably another bookend tackle like and if, yeah. if he's there and he's good and he's ready to start, then and and you've still got a good player in Lane Johnson, it's not a bad problem to have because you can trade one of them or trade Lane and or something yeah, like you that. So trade Lane. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a possibility for them now. And that's kind of a luxury pick that is now opened up because they were able to keep those two corners. Yeah. yeah. And they could still draft a corner. I wouldn't like for the with the same logic. They can kind of go wherever they want with that tenth pick. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Good team, good team opens up the the flexibility to do that. Typically, um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, 
they still have Gardner Johnson as a potential free agent that they could bring back. But do you think they'll probably continue to let him walk? Gardner Johnson is not a key piece to the team. Like he, if he walks like, okay, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, the real thing would be replacing the, the pass rush productivity with that Hargrave left somehow, because that front, four was so effective last year Mm -hmm. that you know it didn't really i mean not not to say it didn't matter on the back end but they had such good corners and such good pass rush that like you know the the safeties and the linebackers you can kind of afford to maybe go lighter in that area that's obviously what the eagles think with with who they've paid so that is going to be the number one thing is like can you obviously you're probably not going to get 70 sacks again but can you find someone else? Maybe it's Cansey late in the first round. Maybe it's, you know, some someone like that. Yeah. Um, Benefit Nazi, of Smith two or, picks. Yeah. So I think that's the number one thing they have to replace, whether they find that in the draft or free agency. Like Gardner Johnson is someone that they got for a fifth round pick. And he, he was good, but, you know, they were still pretty good when he was he was injured towards the end of last year. I don't like, think he's going to get some massive deal, too. No. He just doesn't play the type of role that pe- like people like to pay. Yeah. I mean, he's very good, but he was traded for a reason. And if the Eagles don't sign him, he wasn't signed back for a reason. He's a good player, but I think there's a limit on how valuable he really is. Yeah, we were talking about this with our with our boy Zach, right? It's like, oh, well, the Bengals might need a safety, right? Mm-hmm. They lost both Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Maybe they go after a guy like Gardner Johnson, but he's kind of like this safety slot corner hybrid he's not he's not like a true one high safety in the in the same look way man like, here's here's what i know about slot corners the nfl does not care about slot <laughs> corners you can you can be the best slot corner of all time pro football focus can be like a 95 grade you can end with 20 interceptions and you will be getting a three-year 12 million dollar <laughs> contract it does not matter what you do it's just i mean it's it's the least valued position outside of like kicker or punter Teams will pay a running back before they pay a slot corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike Hilton's managed to stay around for a while. Nate Hobbs, those guys are good. But like, yeah, you're right. They're not gonna get some massive some massive deal. Yeah, so they can afford like Marcus Epps as well. Like these are these are fine players and, and everything, but they're not they're not someone that it's not like they never miss a tackle or they, you know, are so right. rangy over the top. Like mm-hmm. they can just erase an entire side of the field. They never blow yeah. coverages. Like they're, they're fine players, but they're not, they're not like your, they don't, they don't have, the they're not nicknamed. They don't have the nickname big play slay, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> not, a, yeah, they're not outside corners and Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton, for example, $6 million a year right now. Yeah. That's his kind of like, he, they don't pay these guys ever. Unfortunate. So, and they don't pay safeties really. Now, I, I thought Cincinnati, if we want to transition into them a little bit, I thought Cincinnati had um, an interesting offseason. They lost three pretty major guys, uh, maybe not major, but serious starters for them. And I don't disagree. I think push comes to shove. Cincinnati is not a rich team, and they need to prepare themselves to pay T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. That's all coming up. Uh, if I'm them and I'm looking at a Jesse Bates $64 million contract, I'm not signing that. Safety yeah. is a position that you've been preparing to replace 
and it's one of the cheapest and easiest to replace. There's probably more serviceable safeties than any other position in the league. Now, you could sit down and argue that maybe Hayden Hurst, you would assign him for the $7 million, but tight end's another position where if you just want a guy who can go out and do his job, findable. Von Bell, I maybe would have kept him for the price that he went for. Now I'm saying that as somebody who is a fan of a team that did pay Von Bell that price, and he's a Buckeye, so... Right. We're we're really biased about Von Bell. You know, me personally, I would have done that. I think that was a great move. And same thing with um, Hayden Hurst, who was a Gamecock and is now on my team. (laughs) Both those guys are amazing. Matt, wait, wait, wait. I just want to say this about Matt. Matt, the number one most accurate take is like Matt's just weird personal like agenda players. It is truly amazing how often you get shit right just because they like went to Ohio. It drives me fucking crazy. Like your TikTok video where you're like, oh, yeah, you can bet you can bet on Virginia to lose because my mom went to like has a Virginia connection. And then it just like happens. And it it hits every time. It has like a 100 percent hit rate. Like literally 100. I, I will I never, I, I will never forget this, the awards picks and how you had to stop yourself from picking like exclusively Bearcats, <laughs> Buckeyes and like other various like Carolina, Ohio players. And your problem was like, yeah, you didn't pick enough of them. Like you should have picked more. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so mad. About and now it's so like, oh, the Panthers signed the Gamecock and they, their two big signings were Ohio State and South Carolina. And they're probably going to have like fantastic years. Like draft yeah. both of Von them Bell is be And like- CJ Stroud goes to the Panthers. And CJ Stroud. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's all a famer, man. <laughs> so it's all just lines up for all the Ohio State or what Cincinnati players to like either stay in Ohio or be an all pro or go to Carolina or right. I don't know. Like how I don't know why they have on, such main character can, energy. How early can I bet on futures offensive player of the year for Marvin Harrison? I wouldn't <laughs> do that. He's not a quarterback, unfortunately. Or often often you know he he could win offensive rookie of the year. No, I don't think so. Garrett Wilson just did it. Yeah, who was quarterback this year? It's like Brock Purdy. It's I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm telling Ritter. you, and they, they would have given it to Brock Purdy had he played they a full season. Be, they would have done it. He, he, was, about two, he was about games. two. He was about two games away from them giving it to it's Brock Purdy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Garrett Wilson is like a top fifteen receiver right now, right this second, like yeah. his rookie year. Brock Purdy was like a game manager for five games and they're like well yeah but i mean he's a quarterback it's a toss-up it's a toss-up how do we decide do we give it to the better player who played more games or the i mean they did give it to the better player that played more games so we're kind of straw manning this like make-believe argument about something that didn't happen but it's still fun. We no, can still it, get it, mad. No, because it was like a le- it was a legit argument. He got votes. He did get votes. Allow, allow like, me to make up a scenario in my head to be angry at. <laughs> oh, they gave the. Remember when they gave offensive rookie of the year to Brock Purdy? Oh, that made me so mad. Kara <laughs> Wilson deserved it. Imagine if they had done this. Oh, uh, I can't stand them. <laughs> I can't stand the thought of this almost happening. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Move, <laughs> g- going back to the Bengals, they did end up adding Orlando Brown. And at first I saw this, and I'm like, oh, my God, because I know Orlando Brown's like all about his money. 
Right. He's like, all about playing left tackle, man. That guy, bless him. That guy, the, so the, every right tackle in the league or on the team could get hurt and they could say like, Orlando, we need you to play right tackle. And like, I think he's he saying, wouldn't do it. I, I think he's no, that's, left. so, that's so awesome. <laughs> he doesn't care about the money. He just wants to be the left tackle because that's the harder one. And that's what he wants to do. And that's what his dad yeah. played. Like, I think that, that that's, that's, that's awesome. a big part of it as well. I don't blame him. I just thought, I think yeah. it's so funny that like he, he basically got a trade out of Baltimore because he didn't want to go back to right tackle. And then when he went to play in Cincinnati, people were like, Oh, it seems like right tackle might be the natural fit. Cause they have Jonah Williams. And he said, like, in his statement, as soon as he signed, is like, I'm so glad to be continuing to be playing left tackle (laughs) in the league. And then Joe Williams was like, well, what the hell? And then, like, instead of starting Williams and Orlando Brown, now, like, Jonah Williams is requesting a trade because... You know, maybe Jonah Williams should take one for the team and play right tackle. Maybe, maybe everyone just wants to play left tackle, and left tackle does get paid more on average. I think so. He's probably just trying to get so his money. So you must up. take a pay cut to play left tackle. <laughs> but um, he just that guy just loves playing left tackle, and you know, I I don't think it's a good or bad thing. I just I just thought it was funny how he is just so verbally committed to only <laughs> to not yeah. playing right tackle, playing left tackle, even in, but, in times where it maybe makes more sense to slide over to yeah. right. And he played better. But, he had like the best year of his career at right tackle as well. Yeah. And, and you know, Matt, you, you mm-hmm. brought up the contract uh, yesterday and you know, I was like, okay, you, you know, took that's a, a huge pay cut. It's a little, it's a little refreshing. I was, I was a little bit skeptical. I'm like, you know, it's, is it that much of an upgrade? But for for a cheap deal, like a big pay cut, I, I think I think I like that. Getting Orlando, Orlando Brown is not a great tackle by any means. Like you could even argue he's like pretty average. But yeah. there's a lot of average players that get paid like the highest Stupid at their money. position of all time in in free agency, and they got him for like what I think thirteenth or fourteenth, somewhere in that range, like That's average per right. year for Orlando Brown and you do have to, he's probably the best tackle that you could have signed, right? Like they have money to sign somebody. I don't, I don't know. Like McGlitchy is probably worse. <laughs> he's, he's a worse pass yeah. protector than Orlando Brown. So I guess maybe you could work the trade market and find someone else, but I, I'm not necessarily mad at the, at the Bengals for, for investing in a, in a guy like Brown in this free agency period. I just don't know who else was there for them to, to give money to. And they had to give money to, to somebody. Well, I, I really like it. I mean, I think with Jonah, you could run the risk of him having a good season and then being on the hook for a ton of money or him just being really bad again this year. Um, so it's kind of a lose lose with, with Brown. Um, you know, the chiefs were offering him way more money from the reports I saw. So you can be able to get this locked up and, and get the the tackle position locked down, even if it maybe is somebody who's a little bit more on the average side. I, I think that's good. And to be able to just go ahead and get this money out there and then not have to worry about paying one more key piece of the team, it's a good thing for the Bengals. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Ultimately, what the whole thing comes down to is, okay, you let Von Bell walk, Jesse Bates walk, Hayden Hurst walk. You've you've lost some dudes, even though you did get Pratt back, who was a good signing and all that. Are you keeping Higgins, Chase, and Burrow? The answer is yes, all worth it. If it's no, then that really sucks that you weren't more aggressive in the last stint where you'd have them all together. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's fine. I, I, I 
again, Orlando Brown is is not a, a super great player, but I, I just don't know what the alternative was. And they didn't totally break the bank for him. It's not like it's not like the Chiefs who offered him like I cannot believe he turned that offer down last year, where he <laughs> the Chiefs offered him some insane contract that he obviously was not going to live up to, and he, he said no. And and it is making a lot less now. This is it's it's stomachable, I guess. It's it's the Bengals, it's offensive line. How mad can you like really be? Right. He's better than Lyle Collins. And if he's playing left tackle, a lot of the guys at the back end of the first round, if it's DeWan Jones, I don't or or um Wright, Darnell Wright, those are guys who commonly get mocked at the end of the first. Those guys are right tackles. So if he's at left, mm-hmm. they might be in a position where they can either trade up a little bit and and draft one of the or Wright or, or Jones because um, Broderick Jones and Anton Harrison and Paris Johnson Jr. They might they may all be gone by that point. It would be really interesting to see them take Dewan Jones and just have the two like biggest guys ever as their left and right tackle. I don't know if they would ever do that. They may want a little bit more athleticism when it comes to like getting to the second level or whatever. Um, but I don't know. That would be that would that if it was Madden, that's what I would do. Just because oh, I yeah. like seeing two gigantic well, okay. players on the field. Well, the Jonah, so Jonah Williams requested a trade. What do you think the Bengals could get for him? Probably not much after the Nothing, season he just dude, had. Like he they, was pick. basically dog Maybe. shit, and his contract is like up soon. <laughs> I, so. I saw a stat that he led the league in sacks allowed. Yeah, Wouldn't surprise man, me. Like, he <laughs> allowed one every Bengals game I watched, I think. <laughs> He's let, let, Let's say even somebody believes that they have a, like they think Jonah Williams is good. Trading picks for Jonah Williams is like pretty low upside. He needs a new contract. So even if you're right, you're j- he's a free agent immediately. Yeah. It's uh, deals like that are low upside. Any failed first rounder who's still on his rookie deal doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to trade for him. It's bad logistics. And you're almost always wrong about them being a good player. Because if they were good, the team that has him right now would probably want to keep him. We'll just go so off true. PFF grade here for a second. But, um, Jonah Williams was the tenth worst tackle in the league in terms of oh my PFF grade of guys who get played fifty percent of the snaps. Someone's going to be like, bro, like low key, like high and upside, PFF- low risk, and it's like, yeah, low risk because he sucks. No upside, <laughs> he is bad. PFF did have have him as allowing thirteen sacks. Defensive player of the year was type that, season for Jonah mo- Williams. <laughs> was yeah. that the most in the league? Yeah, that is the most in the league. <laughs> what was second? Sacks. Who was second? <laughs> second was uh, Tennessee's Dennis Daly. With how many? <laughs> yes. With how many? Oh, he allowed 12. Oh, okay. I thought that would have been way so funnier much. if it was like four. Yeah, I was like, what is it, like three? Like oh, no, six? it wasn't a huge gap, but yeah. Okay. But yeah, he, he allowed the most <laughs> deep the player of the year type season. But yeah, I mean... I think they're actually in kind of a good spot. I'm excited for this draft for the Bengals. I was talking about with Zach about this in the car ride up here. I think you could go tackle and you're in very good position to go tackle in the first. And I like the guys that they could go at tackle. And then what other position do you need? Well, tight end. Guess what? Second round tight end. There's going to be a lot of different guys to go get. Now you maybe still want to sign somebody who's a little bit more reliable because tight ends take a long time to come along. But, um, I think those right now are their bigger needs. I, they still, I guess they they feel like they figured out safety, but I feel pretty good about them. 
I, I think the, the, the two strategies would be like either being super aggressive and restructuring and trying to win right now and putting together the best possible team you can, but for a short amount of time or trying to keep your core players intact and then running it back as many times as you can. And while it's super popular to do the first one and to get as good as you can in one go, and it's worked out before, like obviously the Rams yeah. uh, worked out really well. But I think that football has a lot of variance. I think like for, I think with, with Cincinnati, you've already made the Super Bowl with this team and I, I, putting all your eggs in one basket. It's like for every Rams, how many bills are there? where it just doesn't quite work out. It's hard to get the breaks to win a Super Bowl. So I'd rather give my dream team multiple dream team shots Eagles. of getting the luck. Yeah, the dream. <laughs> the Eagles were the best team this year, I think. I, I, no disrespect to the Chiefs. I think they're the best team. And they just they didn't get it done. Yeah. They, a stacked roster. Didn't get it done. So Yeah, I think, yeah, is, I think that they're doing the right thing with not trading Higgins, it seems like. And... Just the Chase Higgins, bro. Like, how far can that take you? As long as Pretty you've far. got those, as long as those, you've got those three, you're a top ten offense, and as long as you're a top ten offense, you've got a shot to win the Super Bowl. So, I, I, you know, they have lost some people, and maybe this is not the best version of the Bengals team that we've ever seen. Um, and maybe that's bad. Maybe that's bad. Well, Rick Burrow's on the rookie deal. I, I guess I'm still grappling with it, but. I don't okay, know. But was was this version of the Chiefs team? Do you think the is? Do you think that was the best? More Patrick Mahomes, I feel. Yeah, but like, was that the best iteration roster wise of the Chiefs team that you th- that you think we've seen? It's up there. It was pretty damn good when you look back at. It. I think I wasn't giving them enough credit, like compared to the Eagles, who I still do think had the best roster in the league. But how many? Like def- Chris Jones was a defensive player of the year That's true. to me. Chris Jones. They had three great interior linemen. They still had Kelsey. Like, yeah, they, they had. I guess Bolton, we're just. I guess we're just chalking up the loss of Bolton Tyree. and Frank Clark, and like, I don't know. It was a pretty good. It was a pretty damn good roster with like a lot of all pros. <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, I, I think that I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the Bengals. I, I I think they've stayed about the same. Honestly, like I think all the gains and all the losses, um, they're going to be about the same as they were last year. I think Luana Rumo is going to going to figure it out without the two safeties. I do. Yeah, if, if I think that's comes a good way back. to put it. Do you um, need to spend twenty five million a year on your safeties? Probably not. Yeah, you have a good defensive coordinator. Speaking of uh, other teams that have made moves on the offensive line in particular, the Texans extended Laramie Tunsil. He's good. good. That's good. <laughs> he's. <laughs> quietly like the best left tackle in the league like he he deserves it he was so stellar last year i don't know how many pressures he allowed it cannot have been many i watched him for a couple games and he just did not allow anything at any time to anybody um he's someone who's been good for a long time too so it's not exactly like one fluke year or anything like that He's, he's consistently good coming off a great season um i i saw that he was in trade rumors especially to the chiefs you you saw that a lot but um, that would have made the Chiefs offensive line extremely expensive. And if you're going to be investing in a rookie quarterback, like why not? If you've got if you're about to reset your timeline on a rookie deal, like why not spend on Tunsil if he's if he's really the best in the league? He allowed 17 pressures this year, according to PFF, one sack. So by the like the yeah. guys that allow the most 
you know, they're up there in like the fifties in the, in the pressures allowed. Mm So yeah, he, um, he's, he's a great player that was worth extending. It's worth protecting your assets. When you, when you have a rookie quarterback, like a rookie quarterback is, is usually the ones who hold the ball the longest, you know, they don't really help out the offensive line for the most part. So it's good to have some good guys there because his job's about to get a lot harder, especially if they draft Bryce Young. He's probably going to be holding the ball a decent amount of time. <sighs> Bryce Young still goaded, I fear. They, oh, yeah. also, they also traded Brandon Cooks to Dallas for yeah. basically the exact same thing that Dallas traded Amari Cooper for. Oops. Just dumb. <laughs> just stupid. I just think that's so stupid. That's so directionless. I think the Cowboys are totally year from year, just like like trying to figure it out. They're like, okay, well, what do we do now? What do we do now? Do you value receiver or not? Do you think that you should be paying a veteran receiver big money or not? They don't really know what they think. I think Cooper's a better player than Cook right now. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if Cooks is going. To, he's definitely kind of in the range where things could start to slow down for him. Although, shout out. I, I, to the trade legend. I think he's been very good for a very long time, regardless. Yes. I don't know. I'm excited for him overall for the Cowboys. Like it is a good move. Like ultimately I think you should be spending at receiver and you should have great receivers. So I don't want to bash it too much. However, I just think it's dumb with the Amari in, in a vacuum, stuff. in a vacuum. It's fine with the context of you traded Amari Cooper for the same given Amari Cooper makes more money. So it doesn't maybe- even matter is the thing. It's like, okay, well then you, then you're, you're fine. If you just went and traded for another receiver, I guess they're not exactly the same player, but it's like no harm done except for last year, I suppose. But it's still dumb. Yeah, but I would say that Cooks is probably the best receiver that has changed teams this year. Him and probably Juju, I would say. Mm -hmm. So they did get the best available vet that you Mm -hmm. could get until DeAndre Hopkins gets traded. So that could change things. But um. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll be a solid number two for them, I think. Um, he is still very fast. <laughs> good good route runner. Um, yeah, very, very deceptive guy and, and someone who can win one-on-ones opposite C.D. Lamb. Or, or on the outside, really, like because they like to put C.D. Lamb in the, in the slot so much. You know, Michael Gallup is a guy who can win, can make some spectacular catches. He's someone that, that really has had some highlight reel grabs, but is he someone that's like consistently winning one-on-ones all the time? And then I think back of like the interception that Dak had versus San Francisco. I think this was Michael Gallup and it was the first pick was on the sideline and Gallup just didn't come back for the ball at all. Like it was probably not a great throw from Dak, but I just don't, I remember thinking like, what is that wide receiver doing? Not coming back for the bull. So it's like, they didn't really have anyone super reliable outside of CD. And now they do. Mm-hmm. And that's, and Gallup, that's and a Gallup valuable thing to get add to an offense. Reliable to stay on the field. Yeah. That's like the other thing. Hurt a lot too. So you, yeah, need, I you mean, there was a point where this. Noah Brown was, was a huge part of the, the passing game and i I, was it like cedric wilson out there and (laughs) they had to go pick up Cavante turpin from the xfl like what are we talking about dog 
Yeah, and, and Dalton Schultz fell off this year as like maybe he what didn't like blossom into maybe that second star like TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings, right? When they traded for Hawkinson, he kind of was that number two threat that you didn't really need a, a number two receiver anymore. And and the offense was better after after that addition. And it's not like even Dalton Schultz was that for them this year after they hoped he would be after a pretty stellar twenty of twenty one campaign. So I don't know. Yeah, Cooks, I mean He's proven it in a lot of different systems in a lot of different places. Wow. It doesn't seem to matter. He this, will produce four. Is this <laughs> so four I'm happy now? for him. The winner in this is Brandon Cooks, who seemed by all accounts to be miserable playing for the Texans last year, and rightfully so. Which is too bad because that's the place where he, he finally got a long term deal. <laughs> he I finally got a long term deal. There. Liked, I thought he liked being there. I thought that. Well, no, not according I thought, to his thought, Twitter was, account. He was like oh, sending yeah. wide receiver tweets like and sitting out <laughs> and sitting getting benched. And yeah, no, he did not like it there at okay. all. Yeah, fair enough. No, it's it, great for Brandon. I mean, he was great for the Saints. He was great for the Patriots. Great for the Texans. And now he can be great for Dallas. I mean, it's just like consistently great, but he probably won't. Has he ever had like an all pro? I would say consistently. I would he's say like, consistently good. <laughs> consistently I, okay, I guess good. that's fair. Consistently good, but like he's not going to go down as like an all time great receiver, but he'll be remembered by this generation as just one of the dudes. That's right. <laughs> one of the that's very true. <laughs> so real. So real. Um, and then as, uh, as far as the Texans like weapons go, cause they're obviously going to be drafting a quarterback with the number two pick. I mean, dog, they've got, what is it? Robert Woods, Nico Collins, Noah Brown, John Mechie. Who's their tight end? It's someone, it's like, he's got a weird Jordan name. Jordan Atkins. I don't know if it's still him. It's unless they're uh, yeah, number one on their depth chart. It's even weirder than that. It doesn't matter. Um, they'll need to be drafting yeah. a wide receiver for Bryce Young. Like it's, it's pretty. Need, yeah, they'll they, be needing a receiver or CJ Stroud or or whoever it is at, at the number two pick. But I do like what they've done this offseason. Like they've gotten a bunch of guys who are a little just mid. Like they traded for Shaq Mason. And oh, what else did they do? They've made a bunch of moves along the margins. I know they added um, Jimmy Ward and, and Robert Woods, who's not very good at this point in his career. But you could see what like what he would do in the like in the Shanahan offense. Like if they're going to be running a lot of pin pull, a lot of creative running stuff that like brings the wide receiver into to do these crack blocks and and you win around the yeah. outside. Like Robert Woods is the guy to do that, or at least he was. So you're bringing all these like players that fit the system. They're not good yet, but it's fine. You know, it's not like you're going to have guys like completely out of place doing everything wrong. Like it's going to run smoothly. Is the ceiling high on this thing this year? No, but it's going to run in the vision of what it's eventually going to be. Does that make sense? Like, I think it does. So I, I, I like that they're not just like, oh, we're going to be bad. So we're not going to spend any money and we're not going to bring anybody in because or if we are, they're going to be all young. I, I get that thought process. But even though they're going to be bad, they're bringing in all these older guys. And I think that it's going to help a young quarterback, basically, is where I'm at to like, if the team is not good, it doesn't have winners all over the place. But it's got a it's got a vision to execute and the culture is going to be good because there's so many vets there. I would have liked I, Brandon Cooks would have been a nice explosive piece to keep around 
though. That, yeah, that's the he just did thing. not want to play just, there, dude. He was sick of it. Yeah, I guess you not, could just scroll dog. through his Twitter. You could just like he was he was like sit, sitting out games towards the end, I think, and yeah. maybe not sitting them out, but just even though he was team captain, like he was not playing for them, like towards the end or not giving it his all. <laughs> I think. Lord. No, so it's like that's the only thing they're missing that explosive piece. I I, I know originally. I was having them take JSN, I think, at 12. But I don't know. I think like a more explosive receiver would make more sense. Just something to give them some juice on the outside. And I don't know exactly. Yeah, if you're looking for speed on the outside, this is not the year for <laughs> you of that's receiver, the I'm afraid. There's like, yeah, you're just kind of, there's no Olave. There's no Garrett Wilson. Like Quentin Johnson, I guess. There's Quentin Johnston, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's where they could go. Yeah, if you uh, want, if you want one of those San Francisco style guys, where like it's like a Debo, it's like a yak threat. It's you're not, you're probably taking, you're probably mm-hmm. taking Johnston um, or Zay Flowers. Maybe Zay they Flowers take Zay Flowers ridiculously high. I like actually, I would I, rather have Flowers, but I kind of agree. I love Zay Flowers, but yeah, I was what watching Johnston there? the other day. Johnston is he. He is just not a wide receiver. <laughs> he's a, <laughs> he's just an athlete, man. Like he's not really that good at all the little wide receiver things yet. There will be you times know, where like he'll be tracking the ball and the safety will be coming across over the top. This happened in the Kansas game, and it's like a jump ball situation, and he's like tracking it over the shoulder, and he is has his hands like ready to cup the ball into his chest, and then the the safety like rises up high points, the thing and, and catches it. And it's like, bro, you are six foot two and you have a 40 inch vertical, like go get it. And there have been a couple times just casually, not even like watching for him, but just watching him and like his technique at the catch point is like, sometimes I just want him to go up and get it and he'll just like fade away or, you know, try to catch it on the run, even though, like, there isn't a yak opportunity, dude. Like, it's a contested right. situation. And I don't know. He he is someone that really would make me nervous as one of those Kevin White, John Ross, like, picks. If you took him really early, if you it's, fell in love with the athleticism. Not to say he can never be good because he is athletic and, like, he is tall right. and he, he makes things happen after the catch and he's got the, the home run speed. But, like, man, he's he's inconsistent and does some weird things. That ball tracking thing is like, I feel like that's a really, that's a bad, it's like such a bad habit. It's like a hard thing to fix, I feel like. Because it's like you have to switch your brain from like, instead of just trying to like follow the ball to like, you have to attack the ball at like, it's the first chance you get, as soon as the ball is within range, it has to be yours. Yeah. I mean, he has the highest drop rate and the lowest on target catch rate of like all the first (laughs) round receivers by like a mile, like a mile. Uh, Maybe Zay Zay Flowers also has a couple drops, Um, but like it's it's not even close to like better. I think Zay Flower tracks. It's like Jordan Jordan Addison is catches way more of his accurate targets, and and so does JSN, and so does um, yeah. who else? Anyway, and really anyone else, even even guys like Rasheed Rice, who who had some drop issues this year, catch catch it more often than than Quentin so, Johnston does. Let me let me ask, but you he could still be you the were, pick. But you anyway. were low on on Christian Watson, um, and he was. Okay, good. Last year, he's good. Where do you yeah. stand on him, and what what do you think happened with him? With Watson, mm-hmm. 
I think the athleticism just won out. I mean, you could just give him end rounds and he would <laughs> and boy fucking, did <laughs> and it would score. I don't know. He I think that as as time went on, um I think early in the year like there he dropped that pass for Minnesota which got brought up every time he caught a ball the rest of the season. Um but there were times where deep balls looked inaccurate that I thought he could have tracked better and uh, by the end of the thing they were he was he was better in those contested catch situations. He was, I think, his mentality was a little bit more more was was better, and, and he was more confident um, catching the football. He was making some tough grabs, making some contested grabs. I think his his contested catch rate was actually really high by the end, and and maybe that's just a confidence thing um, for him. Um, they started using him like at the beginning. I don't know if they just weren't confident that he knew the playbook. Um, or, or he wasn't running routes. Right. But at the, at the beginning, he was basically like just the end around and shot guy. Like he wasn't running real routes by the end of it. He, he was running real routes and, and he, he got better fast. So, um, I do think that he's probably the better athlete out of him and, and, and Johnston. He's, he's a freak. He's yeah, a freak. He, he is, he is really something. Christian I mean, Watson give him is, those end arounds and I give him shit for it, but like, I get it. No, no, you should give him like you should just give the ball to Christian Watson on screens and end arounds and and whatever you need to do. Like Quentin Quentin Johnston, I think he's not quite as fluid. Like when he changes direction, he he mm-hmm. kind of has. Yeah. He's not as subtle with it. Like he he really like absolutely puts his foot in the ground and and does like this full juke move. And Watson can just kind of like get downhill, like I think a little bit faster without wasting much motion. And I don't think Johnston Johnston's a little bit too stiff to to be that fluid, which is obvious, but Johnston can still be a, like, if, if Johnston go, undergoes like the same R and he, he improves his route running and he's a little bit better when it comes to like tracking the football when he gets to the league, um, he could still definitely be a, a good player and all that. But, um, right now he's, he's, he's very, very raw. Who, he doesn't would, you, play who, did, who would you have higher if they were both in this draft? Watson or, or Johnston? Mm-hmm. I wasn't very high on Watson last year. I, I really didn't love his his route running or ball tracking ability, but I do think that because he is the better athlete and the concerns are kind of similar, I would probably put Watson ahead of Johnston. And Watson went early round two, or early, yeah, early round two. So third at twelve. That'd be pretty crazy. It, yeah, it would be, it, that would be a high draft pick. For, I, I mocked them Michael Mayer. <laughs> yeah. 12 is not a good spot to be sitting in this draft needing a weapon. Oh my God. Last year you were, you know, last year at, at 12 or 10 or so, you, that's fine. Uh, you get, you got Drake, Drake London experience. got drafted at 10, right? Like he got, he would, Drake London was eight and then it was Wilson, Olave and Jamison Williams off the board at 10, 11, 12. Um, this year, it's like this guy I have below a second rounder last year. However, you yeah, you you draft. I think you draft like JSN or you draft JSN and hope that he's like Travis Kelsey, or you draft Mayer <laughs> and hope he's like Jason Witten. <laughs> and you yes. hope that I mean those guys are super productive and you know, you know very reliable. And maybe that's their superpower. That's not an, quite the athleticism thing. So, but you look at Kelsey, you know, I, I, I think about not to get in just this wide receivers rant, but I've been thinking about JSN and how he compares to Kelsey. And 
it's kind of similar, honestly, when you look at JSN and he doesn't do the spectacular things that like Garrett Wilson did at Ohio State or mm-hmm. Olave running by everybody. But he's just always op- like it doesn't matter. Yeah. He just knows where to go to get open. And it's the same deal with Kelsey. And Kelsey's 33 years old. He's not like some freak athlete anymore. He just knows what he's just sneaky. That's how Mahomes described him. And he, he's, you know, twitchy to, to get separation in, in tight mm-hmm. areas. The JSN athlete stuff is overblown. People are are wildly overthinking this one, I'm afraid. He's just really good at being a receiver. <laughs> he just gets open. He doesn't take the top off of a defense. Who cares? Then don't make that his role. It's that right. simple. It really is. And if it was just, you know, I, I've seen some people say like, oh, well, Ohio State is just so good offensively. They schemed him open and everyone else gets so much attention. Okay. I I understand how you could think that Ohio State is so good and they do have all these receivers. If they were just scheming JSN open all the time, and if it was Olave and Wilson taking all of that attention, wouldn't they put out somebody other than their least athletic receiver? They've got a hundred five star receivers all on the team. <laughs> if they just needed somebody out there to go and get schemed open, they would not pick the one dude who doesn't have long speed. I promise you, he's yeah. just really good. He yeah, really he's good. out there for a reason and he's he's doing all that for a reason. So he's someone that I, I could I could get talked into taking higher and higher, like as the process has gone on. And it's like, yeah, he's he's probably wide receiver one. And and Mayer, the thing about him, if you need a weapon or or even Kincaid, like those two guys are also just super reliable and in much the same way. Like Kincaid, like especially Mayer is just yeah, I mean, he, the entire offense flowed through him since he was like a young boy <laughs> at Notre Dame. Like he for <laughs> since he was a wee lad, since he was a young boy. Yeah, he's, he's he has had over two thousand yards in his career and set the record in touchdowns there because he's been doing it for years and he does it because he's he's got some wiggle to him. Um, like he's got uh like head fakes at the top of the route. He, he uses deception and he, he gets he just gets open and he catches everything. Like he just doesn't drop the ball. He mosses people. Like like he's just gonna be good. I promise. He's just gonna be like a good player. So if you're at twelve and you've got a guy who really, you know is gonna be pretty good, and that's I think JSN and Mayer and in Kincaid I can get talked into as well. Um, even though I don't think he's the body type to be an inline blocker, but he's. He transitions from from catcher to, to runner so fast and his hands are so soft and you know he's he's an athletic dude. So I think that he's a, also a good option that maybe could go pretty high. But at any rate, I think th- I don't think that there's a, a Cooks replacement really that you should take at twelve. No. But no, you might no, be able to find someone else that yeah. doesn't quite I still I fit still that might role. just have them take JSN just because it's like Regardless, my logic then and my logic now will still probably be regardless of who you have at quarterback, right? They're a rookie. You want to make their job as easy as possible. JSN, I think, does that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's very quarterback friendly. All right. Well, before we head out, March Madness has been going on, right? And. Oral Roberts, sadly, has costed me my final four. <laughs> hey, uh, UCLA, Miami, let them cook. <laughs> they are will not be doing that. I, I, Miami, I'm so mad that Drake blew my. I was so confident Drake. in that Drake in that Drake upset, and then they just 
forgot how to play basketball at the end. I, Miami, I know. I dude, maintain stinks. That video I had of like just like bullshit reasons to pick teams was that close to being perfect. If Drake could have pulled it off, but what were the other ones? It was I had Virginia Penn State beating Texas A and M, and I had Virginia losing to Furman. Ah, the Matt personal and. An- <laughs> How do you say it? An- antidote, antidote, anecdote, <laughs> anecdote. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, I'm so s- Bro can't stupid. Talk. Um, say bagel, but, Theo. <laughs> well, bagel is just how I say it. <laughs> what is it? Ant- ba- bagel and hammock. <laughs> hammock. No hammock. That's how it's. Fu- anyway, I'm not getting into this. We're talking about Drake and their inability to play basketball. But yeah, Matt, you can just. If it relates to Matt, it's got like a 95% chance of just working out. And Drake sadly blew the golden opportunity. I, well, I, I feel like the real take is that Matt actually just has done his homework and he just finds a way. To I actually did watch some Penn State basketball, like he just, but my he reasoning his- was entirely that I just like their guard who has the like messed up jumper that goes in any way. <laughs> Virginia, Furman over Virginia was incredibly free. That's a terrible team that always blows it. That's yeah, like like being like this strong stalwart defensive team, which I'm pretty sure they are, is like that don't work, man. That's not a good idea for a long, long run in the you need you need to get hot at the right time in March Madness, and they're just not like that. Except for the one time that they did. I think that the Purdue versus FDU game was one of my favorite sports games that I've ever witnessed in my life. That was so electric. The biblical parallels, the like true David versus Goliath, biggest team in the nation versus smallest team, 16 seed. And to watch them all just beat the shit out of Edie (laughs) and like force him to pass out and just like hope that they don't make it. It was such a simple game plan that I'm sure has been utilized on Purdue before, but to see it work to that extent and um, for, for FDU to be hitting the shots on the other end and, and just be in it the whole game. And you're like, Oh, could they really do this? Is this really happening? Is there, Oh my God. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It was, it was really an electric game to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and very, very, it was legitimately like inspiring, honestly, like that all these little dudes could beat the Goliath team. Like I was, I was feeling good at the end of that Theo thing. I was like, I just watched it. Like, it's like, I just watched Rudy or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just watched Rudy. Yeah. That was hype. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was something special for sure. I feel bad for Edie, man. It it's not his him. fault either because Dog, it's like all it's he like, can do is kick it out to people and see if they could shoot it. They couldn't shoot it, you know? Um, yeah. That shit is so funny, man. Oh my God. College, <laughs> college basketball is such a funny sport. Short and line. It makes absolutely zero goddamn difference. These teams will be shooting five for 25 from three <laughs> or whatever. Oh my God. I mean, it's, t- I- it's, just it's such a cruel shit. tournament too. Just like it one is. and done, one and done. It's crazy. You all pl- you have to play these games at like random buildings throughout the country, and it's every day. And if you just like make one mistake, you're gone. Like, <laughs> and it's all your legacy is if you're Edie, because like a guy like me, I don't care about Purdue basketball. I've never seen Edie play before, except when he's in the tournament and gets bounced by like 15 seeds all the time. So he'll just forever be known as like this fraud because, you know, his teammates can hit open shots. It's it's a cruel, cruel tournament. 
Very yeah. cool. But so, it's fun to watch. It is. That's all that matters. Anyway, we're we're rooting for Marquette because it's come to my attention. What was his name again, Bladen? There's a guard. Oh, um, what is it? Alec Pierce's brother? No, no, that's that's uh, Princeton. Oh, the the guy that plays for that went to Gehanna. Yeah, the guy that went to Gehanna. I don't I don't remember his your name, high school for those who yeah who don't yes know I'm sorry that. I should have given that context. apparently Matt and I went to high school with someone <laughs> he plays, that for, plays Marquette. for Marquette if if you went to Gehanna Lincoln and you end up in some sort of sporting event popular tournament if you go to the NFL if you go play college basketball at a high level or football <laughs> or something. I will shout you out on the podcast. And you're destined to be a good pro. And you're destined to be a good pro because Matt has a personal connection. Dude, there's there's a (laughs) three-star defensive end who went to our high school who's now going to Cincinnati. Yeah. Future defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lock. Yeah, we've got what Coop Cheeseman. The guy at Marquette that I can't remember his name. Yeah, Cheeseman's a long snapper. Um, Probably the greatest long snapper to ever. <laughs> dude, I don't know. That's that's what I can think of. I re- that Cheeseman went to your high school. I remember like mm-hmm. looking at a game or something and like whose nameplate is Cheeseman. That's funny. That's very funny. Mm-hmm. I, re- I distinctly remember like, like that's it. <laughs> silly last name Jonathan Cooper um, who is the same age as my brother actually they played each other in high school my brother had to block Jonathan Cooper or not in high school in middle school and um, my brother isn't a pro and <laughs> didn't go well yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah Michael Cooper is a, I think he's an edge for the Broncos yeah. Jonathan Cooper yeah but yeah. Uh, the only thing th- my most memorable Coop moment is always um, I was a freshman and we were going over to like scrimmage the JV guys, but they were wrapping up some stuff with like the varsity, like some install. And we have this receiver, Trevor Sapp comes on a slant and Coop dropped from his, cause he was playing like, um, he wasn't playing end at the time. He was playing, um, uh, we had like safety dog and beast and they would like rotate around, but he was like a, dog slash linebacker and he was like dropping on this play and trevor goes over the middle and the only thing we see are his feet go in the air tough (laughs) he was on the ground for a minute too we were kind of worried I um but if any if any northfield high school people end up going pro in or playing in some big sporting event also i will shout you out but i don't think that that has ever happened to a northfield high school alumni i'm sorry if i'm disrespecting anybody but i in my life cannot remember a northfield high school person going on to play in like march madness or the or any league of any sort it's not a it's not a real uh athletic football conference that in southern minnesota (laughs) but I, i think that's all i've got that's all I've got. So without further ado, Matt and I are going to start our vacation. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, happy 200th episode. And we will catch you all on the Flippity Flop.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.